Chapter Twelve of the Queen of Appalachia. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by R. W. Raptor, The Queen of Appalachia by Joe H. Borders. Chapter Twelve. I'm jealous of that woman. Before morning. The old town was ringing with a scandal, the like of which was never before known in Princeton. And wholly ignorant of the infamous attempt of the oily-tongued scandalmongers to blacken his character and to bring disgrace and ignominy down on his head, Paul Thornton took the early morning stage for an extended visit in Virginia. He spent the previous evening at the Overton residence. He enjoyed the company of Miss Arnold. Far more than he would admit, and it was the giving up of her society that caused him to heave a sigh of regret at leaving the town. <sighs> when he told her of his contemplated departure, tears filled her eyes, and she begged him to stay. Then it was that he made a discovery: she loved him. He read it in her face, her words, her action. If you. Go, Mister Thornton. I shall pack my trunk tomorrow," she said to him. "Why, my dear Miss Arnold, you flatter me. Come now, on a bright. Did you not enjoy Princeton equally as much, if not more, before I came? If I did, Mister Thornton, pardon me for my frankness. It was in anticipation of meeting you. Can this be true, Miss Arnold? Do not despise me, Mister Thornton," sitting herself on a stool at his feet. "My heart is running over, and to allow you to go out of my sight, perhaps for ever, was more than I could bear. I humbly confess my weakness, but my love for you is so overwhelming that I trample decorum under my feet. Forgive me, Mister Thornton. Do not hate me," she cried. Her face covered with her hands. Hate you, Miss Arnold? No, I could never do that. Forgive you? You have done nothing demanding forgiveness from me. It is poor me that should beg forgiveness. I should have recognized the truth long ere this. No, wait until I get through, dear. Stroking her pretty hair that had become loosened. I appreciate your feelings fully, and your confession does not lessen. My regard for you in the least. I feel honoured to have the love of the woman I so greatly admire. I do not deserve such homage, but I will acknowledge that your words sounded sweetly in my ears. And while my heart does not beat in unison with yours, there is no one I esteem greater. When we know more of each other, when you have given this subject mature thought, and we have carefully weighed the consequences. If you are then impregnated with the same admiration and respect so sweetly displayed tonight, I do not hesitate to say that I will be prepared to offer you a more fitting response, and I assure you that you will always occupy a warm place in my thoughts, as well as my heart. He lifted her head, and a loving smile lit up her blushing face. She got up immediately and sat by his side. Her hand still in his. He wanted to take her in his arms, 
but he resisted the mad desire. "'When you go away,' she began with becoming modesty, "'the girl who acted so silly will be forgotten. "'I know you are honest and good, Mr. Thornton, "'and you are sincere in all you say, but—' "'You wrong me, Miss Arnold, "'and I am already regretting that I have an engagement out of the city.' "'To see some girl?' "'Yes, your double. "'But do not ask me to particularise. "'For as much as I would like to tell you, "'I am not ready to invite even your confidence at present.' Sometime I will tell you everything. I am jealous of that woman, she said, panting. Taking into consideration the fact of your almost perfect likeness and my respect for you, I do not blame you, for truly, when I see you, I am constantly thinking of her, and when I see her, she will be a pleasant reminder of you. So you see, you will not be forgotten. Do you return? That is a question I wish I could answer, but I cannot. Then you will not find me here when you get back, she said coquettishly. New Jersey is but a step when one wants to reach the side of one he desires to see. You will keep me posted as to your movements? Yes, if you will leave your address, she replied. With pleasure, penciling an address on a card and handing it to her. Thank you, said she, studying the card. It was after midnight when Paul finally took his leave, and as he was bidding her goodbye, he could not resist the upturned face, and his lips met hers for the first time. Paul was not a little surprised on leaving the Overton residence to see several figures emerge from the premises and scamper away in the darkness. Involuntarily, he followed them to the next corner, when he discovered quite a knot of townspeople. But being of an uninquisitive nature, his curiosity was not sufficiently aroused to stop him making inquiries. His mind was full of the girl who had so recently made love to him, he little thought that the object of the crowd he passed was to aid in quickening the gathering clouds that continued to grow blacker and blacker in the eyes of the envoys of gossip. And had he been told of their mission, it is doubtful if his peace of mind would have been disturbed. For were not these meek and lowly tale-bearers his friends? End of chapter 12 Read by R. W. Raptor.